The spirit of performance defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the all-electric ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. While what powers their cars may change, the energy that makes Acura never will. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system and up to 313-mile range on a single charge and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is everything they said electric could never be. It was built with the driver in mind, just like Acura's been doing since the beginning. We could talk all day, but the only way to experience this electric performance is to drive it yourself. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. I'm Melissa Lee, and this is Fast Money. Tonight's trader lineup, Guy Dami, Steve Grasso, Brian Kelly, and James McDonald. Tonight on Fast, we're trading the tech turnaround, the Nasdaq rallying to finish the week as we gear up for a huge slate of tech earnings. We've got your setup straight ahead. Plus, look out below. The chartmaster says the next stop for Bitcoin, 40000 Why Carter Worth is seeing some major trouble in the crypto charts. And later... They want to kick me off the street and send me back to the app. I think they thought that we'd be mad that the specs are at NAV. I just laugh. Fast money friend Cassius Cuvay is still living those SPAC dreams despite a nightmare month for the SPAC market. We'll take you inside the trade. But we start off with a $9 trillion countdown. That is the rough market value of all the big cap tech names reporting next week. Tesla kicks things off on Monday, followed by the MAGA stocks later in the week. And with the Nasdaq sitting about a percent away from its all-time high, well, next week's results light a new fire under this tech trade. Guy, what do you say? Hi, Mel. Hi, Guy. I, don't, I mean, light a new fire. I mean, I think I don't know if the old fire has been extinguished. So maybe just add fuel to the fire. I think yes is the answer. Uh, if you look at a couple of these names, they're really poised to do well. Alphabet's the one that sticks out to me. So, you know, I think Google made an all-time high today. I think it continues higher. It's still despite the move, reasonably valued, if not outright cheap. Uh, so I think to answer your question, absolutely, we could see a reacceleration of these names. Yeah, it doesn't hurt the fact that the 10-year yield is below 1.6% and looks pretty steady there um, right now, at least for the week it did. James, what do you think about next week? With the exception of uh, Microsoft and, to Guy's point, Google strength, uh, the rest of the fangs have had somewhat of a sideways move. Um, they're not participating in this recent rally, new highs on the NASDAQ. And I think what that tells us is that the companies, uh, to use an old expression, that have a big moat around them are going to continue to keep trucking on. Uh, but some of the other names, uh, uh, Amazon, uh, Netflix, Google, um, you know, they pretty much topped out. And I think, you know, a positive earnings surprise could give them some momentum to the upside. Uh, but within this group, I definitely like Google and Microsoft to continue chugging along as they dominate their industries and there's no competition in sight. We've had some notable uh, tech reports this week, of course, and I'm going to put Intel aside. Um, but if you take a look at Netflix, for instance, that was a huge disappointment. I think people vastly underestimated the amount of pull forward that company experienced during the pandemic. On the flip side, we had Snap, which posted fantastic results. Um, Grasso, I go to you on this. Which one do you think is more, uh, you know, of, of an extrapolation into next week? Snap. Mm -hmm. I think you have to look at what the difference is with these types of, of stocks. Netflix was really a true pandemic play or a work from home play, stay at home, shelter in place play. 
But when you look at an Apple, uh, which I still own, a Microsoft that was pointed out, uh, these types of names are value and their growth. But when we look at going forward, th these are names that just hit it out of the park time and time again. When you look at a name that's so consistently uh, it recreates itself like a Microsoft, it's not old tech anymore. Uh, it was seen a little bit as old tech. Now it's not any longer. A Netflix has too much competition, was at the epicenter of everything that we think is good and bad about stay-at-home trade. Competition is coming on. I think Apple is going to be really shocking to the upside. By the way, Melissa, these air tags, I'm going to be loaded up 10 to 15 on them at home. I'm going to put them on pets. I'm going to put them in cars for my kids. I'm a, I, I want to know where everyone is. I'm going to track everything. $30 a pop. I'm probably going to buy 10 of them just myself. This is going to be such a boost to Apple. They never are on the cutting edge, but they always recreate something and everyone rushes back in. I think Apple's going to surprise to the upside, at least with stock momentum. Do you lose things that easily that you need to buy dozens and dozens of AirTags? I mean, come on, Grosso. Well, things that keep can walk away. Things. You know, things that, can, things that can walk away. You know, it's tough to keep track of a puppy. You know, so now when this thing is running around, I want to make sure I don't want to put a GPS on him, but I'm going to put a GPS around his collar. Somebody's going to put it on their spouse, I'm sure. Um, we're going to show the board again of the big, big tech names um, that are reporting next week. And Brian Kelly, I go to you. I feel like this is a game show. Which one are you going to take uh, into earnings? Uh, well, I, I can't see the panel, but I'll go with door number three. I think that might be one. And that's the one that's interesting to me for a couple different reasons. I think we're having that's some awesome. audio issues with Brian Kelly. I mean, unless anybody can translate that. Uh, I don't think there's an app for that yet. Um, he said, I'll, I agree with Steve Grasso, <laughs> everything he I'm said. I'm sure. I'm something to that effect, I'm sure. Um, Guy Dami, I'll go to you on this. Which on the board do you like of the big cap tech names? <laughs> I, I can't. I can't. I'm sequestered okay. like that guy from Alphabet, Game Show. Remember him? I don't Microsoft, see the I don't see the board. I'm reading the board to you. I'm reading the board to you right you. now. I appreciate Alphabet, you. Can stop. Microsoft, stop. Please Facebook, stop right there. Stop. 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 You said you couldn't see the I board. I said Alphabet already. Okay. Google. No, Microsoft is the next one because Microsoft to me is the most important, not tech company in the world. I think it's the most important company in the world. And they've basically created that over the last five years. So I think Microsoft on that list. And I think, you know, Steve said Apple's going to have a huge surprise. I think the same for Microsoft. So that would be my selection uh, behind door number two. Uh, James McDonald, I see you nodding vigorously when Microsoft is mentioned. You must like this one. Well, I always vigorously nod when Guy's talking. But yes, Microsoft's got it. If we pay attention to what's happened since the pandemic hit, I'm seeing more and more conference calls happening on Microsoft Teams. I'm finding more utility with those applications. And I'm finding myself more and more embedded as an enterprise uh, to do business using Microsoft products. And obviously, we know all of the innovation that's going to come out of the cloud. Microsoft has got probably the greatest intellectual capital there in the pocketbooks uh, to get what they don't already have going forward. So I do like Microsoft among this group. Obviously, this uh, group of, of stocks reporting next week, just the tech stocks alone. Carter Braxton worth a cornerstone, who we'll see in just moments. But he makes a point in his most recent note that it's very rare to have five of the biggest stocks report in the same calendar week. It is so rare. In fact, this is only the fifth time that this has ever happened. This is almost a quarter of the S&P 500, Steve Grasso. So obviously, this is going to be important for the markets overall in terms of tone and direction. 
So I, I think, uh, yes, I agree with Carter. I, I, and your setup, I think, is spot on. If you look at the 10-year, I want to take this angle of approach here, Melissa. If you look at the 10-year, in August, the 10-year was at 50 basis points, a half a percent. And then it rallied on a yield basis up to 1.77%. It's backed off to now 1.55%. Dare I say, uh, again, that we are in a Goldilocks uh, part of the market right now where you can have the cyclicals, you can have the reopening trade, and you could have growth all rally at the same time. Hmm. And the reason why I say that is that uh, obviously tech was spooked cyclicals were the reopening trade but then we had canada having shelter in place japan having another shelter in place second round india having cases through the roof but here where we're looking at from our view we have record amounts of vaccines entering people's arms even with the johnny john issue or or speed bump but now you're starting to see where tech was nervous about rising rates those rates have backed off just enough for tech to move sideways, as Carter uh, will probably mention or has mentioned um, in his chart work. And mm -hmm. now you're starting to see those charts uh, steepen just a bit. And then you saw the okay. IWM that came in pretty hard. Right. Well, that's rallying, too. Right. So everything starts to rally. Oh, so um, we've got the gremlins out of BK shots. Uh, so, Brian Kelly, I want to get your take on this. Win, 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 says Grasso for all the different groups in the market. It is the sweet spot. It is Goldilocks. Not too hot, not too cold, just right for everything to rally. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, well, first of all, I'm glad I'm not miming anymore. I hope you can hear me. Uh, mime fast money is not a fast money <laughs> at all. I'm not a fun fast money. But, um, yeah, listen, I mean, it is all about rates here, right? I mean, that has been what spooked this market. So if we can get steady interest rates, and what we've seen from the economic data is that things are good but not too good. So that goes to uh, Grasso's Goldilocks environment. Uh, if you start to get, if you start to see some sort of inflation pressures again, uh, if you start to see rates start to tick up, if things start to grow too fast, yeah, then, then we may have a problem. But, you know, I, I think going into earnings next week, we haven't seen many potholes, you know, Netflix notwithstanding. That to me seemed to be somewhat idiosyncratic. So I think going into next week, the momentum's there. Uh, it's just it's just up to earnings to not screw things up, frankly. Mime is fun for all of us, maybe not for you. And by the way, you oh, no, play a, you play oh, well. a mean charades. Remember when we played charades, Brian Kelly, during the Olympics way back when? <laughs> um, anyway, we want to go beyond I tech here. I do recall here. that. <laughs> it's memorable. Uh, check out all the other companies reporting results next week outside of technology. So we're going to do some homework for you. We asked each of our traders to give us the non-tech name they are watching. Guy, kick us off would be Caterpillar. It comes out CAT. You have about 30% EPS growth, trades around 21 times. They will raise prices for heavy machinery. They're in the resource trade. The stock has been a monster, so people will tend to say, fade the move. I say stay with CAT into earnings next week, MEL. <laughs> Steve Grasso, which name are you watching? General Electric, I'm still long the stock. And, and this, this was a stock that was really uh, starting to ramp even back in 2020. And then right before the, uh, or I should say, as soon as the pandemic hit in February, the stock fell off a cliff like the rest of the market and the rest of, uh, the, rest of the stock complex. But if you notice, it started to ramp again. What stopped it this time was that one for eight reverse stock split mention. I think they're going to back away from that. And even if they don't, 
you're, I think we've seen the, the worst in aviation. That used to be the crown jewel. I think you'll see that become a tailwind. You want to focus on debt reduction and an increase of free cash flow. I think you're going to see both of those things happen. Aviation will improve. And I think the market is putting that reverse stock split behind it. Hopefully they change their mind. All right. BK, you're up. Yeah, well, for me, Ford Motor Company. And it's not because of what you think. I'm not necessarily interested in Ford's earnings. Uh, the gremlins are back. Those Uh-oh. darn gremlins. All right, James McDonald, which name are you watching? I like Chevron. I like Chevron for a few reasons. Of course, it's well positioned to generate big profits uh, in the Permian Basin with oil prices rebounding and stabilizing around $60 a barrel. Uh, as well, Chevron has committed significant CapEx in the region. They've reduced their CapEx outside of the Permian over the past year or so. Uh, and the Permian remains the most valuable crew base in the U.S. I think the competition has significantly de- decreased with bankruptcies and mergers over the past 12 months. Um, and Chevron posts a 5% dividend yield over the past five years. And analysts are expecting increased profitability upwards of 20%. Um, and in this toppy market, you want to buy low, sell high. We get the double whammy of people going back, driving, uh, using that petrol. And, and Chevron, I think, is well-priced here. All right. Uh, we're going to work on BK shot, especially for this next block. Because coming up, we're going to talk about the crypto collapse. Bitcoin crashing below $50,000 at one point. The chart master says there is going to be more selling ahead. He's hitting the charts next. Plus, it's been a nightmare month for SPACs, but that's not stopping one Fast Money fan from living his SPAC dreams. We'll take you inside the SPAC trade when Fast Money returns. Hi, I'm Ben Rizzuto, wealth strategist at Janice Henderson Investors. Is a brighter future possible? At Janice Henderson, we think it is. For 90 years, we've worked to help clients achieve superior financial outcomes and fulfill our purpose of investing in a brighter future together. We know that this means our thinking and our investments are helping to shape millions of futures. At Janice Henderson, we are committed to helping you invest in a brighter future for the next 90 years and beyond. To learn more, go to JaniceHenderson.com. What does it mean to be rich? Is it having more stories to share or time to give? Is it being able to keep your loved ones close or travel somewhere far away? At Edward Jones, we believe the key to being rich is knowing what counts. Your dedicated financial advisor will take a comprehensive approach to your financial strategy to help support what truly matters to you. edwardjones.com slash findyourrich. Edward Jones, member SIPC. Welcome back to Fast Money. We've got a Bitcoin alert. The cryptocurrency getting crushed, falling below $50,000 earlier today before rebounding slightly. It is down more than 17% just this week. And the chart master says the Bitcoin breakdown is not over. Cornerstone Macro's Carter Worth is here to lay out the charts. Carter. Sure, you bet. Well, we don't send out a lot of research notes uh, post-dinner, but uh, last night uh, it just felt as though it was about to get heavy and quickly. So uh, at, at 52, uh, there's a critical level, and so hence the report went out. Let's look at some charts. There are five in total. Uh, this is the logarithmic chart of Bitcoin. And what you see here, of course, is that uh, we were flirting with that line around supper time last night, and we started to break, hence the uh, sort of alert to clients that this looks like it's going to undercut the line. And so Uh, we did indeed drop as low as 47 and change. The question is, once breaking a trend line, what can you look for as a reference point? And that uh, gets to the next four charts. So one reference point is the January peak. And you can see 
um, the line I've drawn there. Look at the next chart. Uh, another reference point is the 150-day moving average. Now, take a look at uh, the next chart. It's those all put together. They all triangulate. They all come down to around the 40,000-plus uh, level. Now, uh, look at the long-term and final chart, and this is of Bitcoin with its 150-day moving average. And over time, it served uh, quite well as a reference point. And so uh, a peak to trough decline, we hit 64 uh, and change. Our low is 47 and change uh, before the uh, reversal today. But that would represent uh, about a 38% decline. Our peak to trough now is 26. I think there's a little bit more to go. Carter, is it your sense that this is a, a correction within an, an uptrend or is the uptrend is actually broken? Well, what's interesting about any uptrend, uh, and most have them, they have corrections. And then once it's underway, uh, hard to know whether it's the beginning of something worse or whether it's mm. uh, just as you've inquired, a correction that allows it to go higher. My hunch is that it's a correction that allows it to go higher. Okay. Carter, we will see you in just a few minutes on Options Action. Uh, in the meantime, we're going to trade some Bitcoin. Brian Kelly's on the phone. Good old-fashioned phone is, is pretty darn good tonight. Brian Kelly, what do you think of this uh, pullback in Bitcoin? <laughs> Have you added to your position at all? No. You know, it's interesting. I haven't added to my position. What's happening in the, in the crypto markets in general is we're seeing some dispersion. So you're seeing some of the money come out of Bitcoin, but not necessarily leave the ecosystem. It's going into Ethereum and Solana and Atoms and, and names like that, all of which I'm long. Um, and so, yeah, this could be the pause that refreshes. I don't think the Bitcoin story is over by any means. Uh, but I wouldn't look just at Bitcoin and say, oh, crypto's over, because we are seeing a rotation into other cryptocurrencies. Yeah, we were just talking to Dan Moorhead of uh, Pantera Capital yesterday, who's making the point that the non-Bitcoin, non-Ethereum market has vastly increased over just the past three months, and that his favorite pick right now is, is actually Polkadot. Um, James McDonald, you're in Bitcoin um, through an ETF, I believe. Uh, how do you feel about this pullback? What's interesting about Bitcoin is there's so much mystique about it um, that it draws a lot of attention, and it can be a controversial holding um, what I noticed here recently that's different from that mystique is this has been a dip and rip type of security. On the 19th, that big plummet did not get followed by buying, and that was interesting. And we can see here at around the $54,000, $55,000 level, support didn't come in. Um, and so this is a new phase of Bitcoin where pressure is coming in. As, uh, as BK said, that money is going elsewhere. There's been a lot of headlines in some of the other coins. I think people are going to continue to like this sector. Uh, and people that have enjoyed such a tremendous run up, you know, doubling this year uh, are going to look elsewhere for gains in the crypto space. And so I think the dip and rip trend has stopped in Bitcoin. And I think that is an indicator um, that there might be continued weakness going forward, at least in the short term. BK, just real quick, what is your favorite coin outside of Bitcoin or Ethereum? Oh, oh, by far, it's Cosmos Atoms, by far. And I'm very long of that. All right. Coming up, Fast Money friend Cassius Cuvay is back in action as Guy Dami chuckles because he has no idea what BK is talking about. He, Cassius was sticking by his fact dreams despite a crushing month. We're diving into the space straight ahead. But first, a message from investor and entrepreneur Natalie Molina Nino as CNBC celebrates Financial Literacy Month. When this country set its sights on traveling to the moon, the education system was shifted to focus on science and technology. 
This country today is facing a wealth and an income gap unlike anything that we have seen in almost a century. It's time that we shift the educational system to include the financial education that will get us to that moonshot. You should follow on the gram so you can see my journey. Now I get to watch Fast Money three hours early in Kauai, right beside me. You should spend a day with me and act like a spec. Take a little vacay with me. Faithfully, they stay with me. Don't take that was Fast Money fan favorite Cassius Cuvee's new song. Spacs just chilling. He's not panicking about the SPAC market drawing up. But check out this chart. Only 10 SPACs have priced in April. That's down from more than 100 last month. Talk about falling off a cliff. And of the 556 SPACs that have priced since 2020, 134 are trading below the $10 floor. That is 24% now underwater. According to Goldman Sachs, there's $129 billion in SPAC capital looking for a target. So are SPACs just chilling, as Cassius says, or are we witnessing a spectacular? collapse here. Steve Grasso, you have been an investor in SPACs. Yeah, I'm still in. I'm still on a few of them. I'm still in uh, WPF. I'm in Bill Foley SPAC. So WPF and I'm in PaySafe that already flipped to the new symbol. These are quality companies. So I don't I don't uh, think that you know, I think the slowdown was for companies that were never going to earn any money, Melissa, and then put these way out uh, price targets or, or I should say revenue targets where they're earning zero right now and they're saying that they're going to earn five to ten billion in the next five years but they have not one dollar of revenue. This is not the case with, with a pay safe or an alight. This is the case for a lot of names but you have to look at what you're buying and this by the way a SPAC is a great investment for the retail public. Right because you're stopped out at 10 bucks. So if you could not vote for it, you get your 10 bucks back, or you could vote for it and get your $10 back. In the IPO world, the retail investor sometimes, or most of the times, pays the high. The stock rips higher than the IPO price. The only people who get rich off of that are institutions, high net worth individuals, right. and the banks. Yeah. So SPACs will make a return. Um, does this uh, speak to something broader in the markets though, maybe, Guy? I mean. The time when SPACs were peaking, some might have argued that there is so much froth in the market. And you see SPACs come down. You see Bitcoin come down. Maybe this is a good sign for the markets. Yeah, I think it's personally, I think it's a healthy sign. You saw me. I'm just sort of rocking out to my man Cassius Cuvee, which, by the way, I mean, he is a genius. I have a haiku for him later. I'll do it on the Twitter. But I think you're right. The fact that some of the froth is coming out of here, I think that can only be seen as a good sign. Um, in this environment, the same way with Bitcoin coming down, I think taking some of the froth out of the market is extraordinarily healthy. Cassius Cuvé, four syllables. So that's a good, a good one for a first line. Time for the final trade. Let's go around yes. the horn. Brian Kelly on the phone. Uh, yeah, Ford's going to report next week if they have production problems by O'Reilly Motor. O-L-R-Y. If you can't buy them, you got to fix them. Steve Grasso. I'm going for General Electric as my final trade. It's going to take out that 1441 level. We're going to start that march back to 20. James McDonald. Where can you find growth at 52-week highs on the next big innovation, EVs through Albemarle? Batteries are going to be powerful going forward. Guy, you want to do your haiku now? Do it right now. Cassius Cuvée rocks. Artist to the investors. 
Got a dip now, Mel. Your final trade. PSX. PSX. There you go, by the way. Don't challenge me on air. Uh, that does it for us here on Fast. Don't go anywhere. Options action is up next. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration. Our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager.